Okay, today we have our first female guest. Um, today we're going to be talking to someone that solely works with long-term rentals and kind of pick their brain, which we haven't done yet on this podcast, so I'm super excited. Get some female energy up in this bitch and it should be fun. Um, if you want to learn more about long-term rentals and talk to someone that got into it, and is trying to make that their sole uh, sole source of income, this is the podcast for you. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Calgary Real Estate Investing. Today, we are joined with Alicia. She is a real estate investor in Calgary, Alberta, and she has four doors and also is part of an establishment which helps for funding for investments. So we're going to talk to her about that. Um, I hope you enjoy the podcast. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you started to to get interested in the investment side of things? Yeah, so I think there was one day where my partner and I, who I invest with, we were at my parents' house uh, talking about their friends who invested in rental properties. And we were just on the drive home thinking, like, why can't we do this? We don't enjoy our full-time office jobs and, and we want to get out of them. So what does it take? Well, he's great at uh, renovations and I'm really good at the side of marketing and networking and those sorts of things. So with our skill sets, we really just dove into learning everything we could from that point and never looked back. Did you already have like uh, enough in the bank to have a down payment so you could really just jump in or did you do like a good financial plan to get into it? Yeah, so we actually had a 20% down for the first property. Looking back, I think we would have just done 5% if we could uh, do it over, but we did the full 20% and uh, we, we just had really good financial habits before that. We saved up a little bit while we were learning about it and uh, then we ended up burying that property to pull our money out and, and uh, rinse and repeat basically. So how did you learn about it? You said you like saw someone that was kind of doing it and that's what spoke your interest. Like if, if they can do it, I can do it type mentality. But um, like what books did you read? Like podcasts did you listen? Like how did you feel, get enough information that you felt secure enough to start actually taking action? Yeah, so I think a lot of it was podcasts. A lot of it is when you're working full time, you don't really have a ton of time to read hours on end every day. So a lot of podcasts on the way to work, the way home, during the gym, those sorts of things. And then YouTube videos, um, lots of books, obviously Rich Dad Poor Dad that everyone reads. That was one of the classic ones that I read. And I think a big tip is to actually surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to be doing too. Like you can read and, and listen to everything, but unless you're immersing yourself with people who are where you want to be, you're not going to really experience the, the full learning. So what were the steps you took in order to find your first investment property um, to make sure it had some cash flow to it? I'm assuming all of your properties yeah. have some cash yeah, flow, sure. like in order to make sure yeah. that was there. So um, connecting with a realtor, someone who knows investment properties really well, um, not throwing shade on, on my situation, but I felt like a lot of mine was me having to learn how to calculate cash flow, create a pro forma, um, you know, learn about the rental side of it on my own. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that because 
it really threw me into the, the, the need to learn about it. But just, just finding a realtor who can help you with that, a pro forma and determining what's my cap rate, um, what kind of cash flow am I gonna make after all expenses, that's an important note too because some people look like, what am I gonna cash flow without taking into account property maintenance, um, you know, property taxes, those sorts of things too. Yeah, I was not her realtor just to clarify. <laughs> I, I find cash flow for my property <laughs> clients, but um, yeah, so you're just solely doing long term rentals right now, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we have talked about getting into the Airbnb space, but to this point, we've done long term rentals. And I mean, the rental market right now, I'm sure you've heard, is absolutely wild. So you know, while we can drive our rents up a little bit, we're going to keep doing the long term. And what communities in Calgary are your rentals and are your properties in? So they're kind of a little bit all over um, the Northwest and the Southwest, Bonas and Evergreen. And uh, one of them, Bonas is is, uh, primarily a rental community, I'd say, and Evergreen is more of a homeowner community. So it's kind of an interesting contrast between the two of them. What community out of the two, because I know Evergreen's way in the South, Bonas is the Northwest, what area do you like better and what area do you think has more potential for gaining the most out of each property? I think bonus I like a little bit better for um, an investment property just because you can really add value to the property and increase the rents through some good renovations but the standard of renovations isn't crazy high in bonus so the cost to um, renovate isn't as much as it is in other communities Evergreen is a little bit more challenging just because the rents aren't as high. Uh, the demand for renters there isn't as much as Bonas. So I think I would choose Bonas. So I know in Bonas, um, there's a lot of older properties there. Like, I don't know what your rental there currently is, but did it need a lot of work before you put in renters? (laughs) Yeah, so actually the property had squatters in it before we moved in. Like, we didn't have to deal with any of that, but it was was in pretty bad condition. And uh, we did all of the renovations on our own. So it already had a suite. It's a semi-detached property, just to clarify. Those are my favorite to invest in. And um, we renovated top to bottom, but we only did things like refinishing the cabinets and uh, replacing the floors, painting, um, you know, replacing the panel, things like that. We didn't go crazy with a brand new kitchen. And uh, yeah, but it was in pretty bad condition before. So why do you think semi-detached are your favorite to invest in? Um, It's my favorite to invest in because they cash flow more than detached properties. Um, for the most part because of the purchase price. So we bought ours for three seventeen before our rentals and we cash we pull in as much rent as um, a detached property, but the purchase price is like a hundred grand less, you know, than the average property. So um, yeah, lots of opportunity. How much do you think you had to invest into renovations? And did that come right out of your pocket or did you use part of the amount that was granted for loans for a mortgage? So we actually paid for it out of pocket as well. Um, it was around 30,000 and the only reason it was so low is because we did the renovations ourselves, um, minus the electric- electrician work and the plumbers. So anything that's ticketed, we don't touch ourselves. But yeah, we saved a lot of money. We bought a lot of tools too. So that 30 grand includes the tools that we bought. In retrospect, I don't know if we would have bought all the tools we did too, um, but it's kind of nice to have them on hand. 
Is there any renovations that you did that you wish you hired out opposed to did? Or are you happy that you did everything yourself so you know that it's done right? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think doing it once yourself and understanding what goes into renovations is really important, especially when you're managing contractors down the line. I feel like they can kind of, I don't want to say get away with less, but you kind of know what's going on better. So I don't regret doing it ourselves, but in the future, house hacking and living through the renovations and that sort of thing was very stressful and I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, can you explain to the viewers if they don't know what squatting is? Yeah, so I don't know the exact rules for squatting. Maybe you do, but I, once someone's in a property and they're not paying, you have to get, I, I think it was uh, some kind of police officer to come and physically remove them from, from the property. There's some kind of squatter's rights. Do you know any more about that than... I, th I feel like it's like people just... I don't think it's that that common. I haven't heard too much about it. Yeah, I think in Calgary. I think it's more popular in like the states. Yeah, yeah. the states. Yeah, all I know was they showed up and had to physically remove the guy. And then there was one time where uh, Patrick, my partner, was in the property working on it, and the cops showed up looking for the guy who was there previously. That's crazy. So I don't, I don't know. Um, for renovations, do you suggest like people? what kind of like flooring like do you like laminate hardwood because i know um for myself like i feel like hardwood obviously it's the nicest it's the most expensive but with that being said it's the most expensive and it scratches and gets yeah. sent the easiest do you like laminate or vinyl or like so uh, we do um luxury vinyl planks so lvp in all our properties because um, we allow pets in our units and it's waterproof so the longevity of it is going to be a lot more and and like I was mentioning, just the rentals, the, sorry, the renovation standard in certain communities, some of them require hardwood, like the really nice communities, that's the expectation, like your comparables are going to have hardwood. But in, in a rental property in somewhere like Bonus, you, you're not expected to have that and, and LVP is going to last the longest. So I go for longevity for over, I guess, high quality. Have you had to deal with a difficult tenant yet? Not yet i've had to you know follow up on rent payments and that sort of thing but i'm very fortunate that i haven't um i put a lot of work into my screening so i think like learning taking the time to learn about effective screening saved me from it that said i know that i'm going to face it at some point what's your process for screening someone and making sure they're a good tenant so right now i do it manually um although i've been told single key is a great platform for it um, but I, I send, so when I do the rent faster posting, I include three questions at the end of my posting and it'll be like, who's moving in? What are you looking for? And do you have any pets? If they respond, they don't answer those questions at all. I move right on because they can't follow the instructions. And that's kind of how I, I go through the initial screening and then I'll set up screening questions and a call before they come see it in person. And this last time um, we listed a property, we had actually almost 200 applicants, I think last month. Uh, not applicants, sorry, just inquiries. But I can't show the property to that many people. So you have to find a way to kind of like screen out people right off the bat. And um, I did so, and then I set up an open house. So I set up little time slots for them to come through and it ended up working out really well. Um, a year ago, the rental market wasn't where it is today. So I actually set up um, time slots for them specifically, but a lot of them just don't show up. So it's kind of frustrating and 
yeah, I think from now on I'll be doing open houses. And then from that point, I, I select two or three applicants that I'm seriously considering, and I, I get them to, uh, I do a credit check on them, references, so I call previous landlords, employer, just confirm their income, and um, I do a social media check too. I think that's a really big one. Yeah. So would you suggest the last um, person we had on the podcast, he said to make rental and like the rent a little bit lower than market value. So you have more of a selection. Um, do you kind of follow that as well? Because it seems like you had a lot of inquiries, like more so than like the average property has if you had like 200 people reach out. Um, is that something you do, like kind of list it a little bit lower to see like no a I, more diverse like option for for who you can yeah that's a, that's a good point I, I don't do that i actually um i think it i'm renting it for a hundred dollars more a month than i was last year um i offered it to my previous tenant for 50 more than she was mm-hmm. paying um but yeah we're renting it and i think we could have got a lot more than we did but um the rents are slowly raising and they're not quite there yet in calgary like they're definitely on the rise but we do do market value i do a lot of research on on comparables and, and seeing what other people are renting their properties for. So the company you're working for right now, they do, is it they do lending for invest specifically yeah. investors? Yeah. Do you want to talk about them a little bit, like what your company's like goals are, how long they've been in business, like all of that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a marketing manager with them. So I manage their social media website and just investor um, sort of business development side as well. And um, we lend to people in Alberta and Ontario who do flips and burrs and just short-term lending is kind of the niche that uh, we found is really good to lend to and, and build those connections because there's definitely a shortage in that kind of lending. Um, so the lowest money down is $10,000 in, in Alberta and 20000 in Ontario. So yeah, it's, it's been really good. We've, we've grown exponentially in the last That's year or two. That's super cool. Yeah. Do they only do um, Alberta and Ontario? Yeah. And they only work with investors? No, no. There's other products like bridge financing and, and other sorts of short-term products, but it's all short-term. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Um, is it like, so you're working with more, would it be considered mortgage broker then? And just investors too. Okay. Yeah, a bit of both. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you use them whenever you find a property? No, I'm not allowed to use them for my properties. Okay. There's a, a conflict of interest, so. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> do you do your properties furnished or do you suggest having them vacant for when people move in? Um, I have them vacant for when they move in. Um, yeah, I don't think that there's really been any need for me to furnish them. A lot of people already have their furniture that they want to move in and that sort of thing. I think if I was doing like midterm rentals or, or that sort of thing, I definitely would, but not for long-term rentals. Yeah, I know there is this website and it's actually owned by the same person as Skip the Dishes. It's called okay. Pivot Furniture. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. So with their website, you can rent literally down to like a picture frame. Um, yeah. And it's like like... A couch will typically be like 30 bucks a month, like a bed frame, like 15, like a picture, like a dollar a month. And uh, I know for like a lot of more short term rentals, that's the company they use, which is kind of interesting. Um, But I agree. I feel like most people that are renting that have have all of their stuff that they've had with them throughout their life and are looking for more vacant properties. 
Is there any community in Calgary? So I know you have one in Bowness and one in Evergreen that you're looking to get into because you've seen, yeah. Yeah, um, I like the Northwest a lot. Like it's a it's a great rental area, I guess, of the city. So I, I definitely want to stick to that. Um, I tend to avoid the Northeast, although I want to say the Northeast can be a really great investment. People can cash flow very well there because there's lower purchase prices, but the rent is actually really high there. Um, the tenant profile in some of those areas is quite a bit different though and uh, just self-managing I, I haven't really ventured into that area what about like would you ever go to have you looked at numbers for like Airdrie and or- Okotoks and Chestermere and around Calgary not really although I do have friends that invest in Airdrie and do really well there um, I think I would look into it eventually but I haven't spent too much time looking into it yeah, yeah. I've kind of looked into the smaller towns a little bit like um, I'm from Olds so I looked into like all of them and there's Olds is 10,000 people excluding the college they have a college there um, excluding the college kids and when I look on their market mark um, rental market there's like maximum like five properties at a time for rent so like it's in really high demand and like people won't even post it'll be a detached house and they won't even post a photo of the house because there's such high demand that it will like get showings anyways, which is kind of interesting. So I've been trying to like venture out into like researching those communities more for like uh, my investors, which is, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a little bit inconvenient to have to drive an hour if something goes wrong, but at the same time, the cash flow is higher and it's yeah. a decent property. Like it's still there as well. For sure. I've considered, you know, areas like, um, cold lake and the smaller ones but they're kind of oil field towns so it's like, what if that all leaves what's going to happen yeah because that's where Patrick works he works in cold lake right now and he's like you know we could buy a property for really low here like a, a, a big multiplex and, and rent it out for the same purchase price as like a duplex here so what's your five-year goal within with investing in real estate what how many properties do you want to have do you want to like diversify? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned before, we definitely want to get into Airbnb um, just to diversify a little bit and not be all into long-term rentals. Um, also vacation properties. We're looking at a couple of places that we want to buy one and um, getting into working with a mentor as well because we hadn't worked with anyone to this point. So we're just trying to focus on that to learn more about raising capital. Um, we can only do so many properties with our own money and the 20% down. So that's a big area of focus for us. And, and I think ours isn't really a door count goal. It's more so a monthly income goal. So replacing both of our monthly income that we make from our full-time jobs. So, um, you know, ideally we want to be making $20,000 a month, but one of us will be leaving our, our job before that. Retiring early. Yeah. There you go. That's early. what's up. Yeah. And then just use that income to like gradually collect more and more. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to stay in Calgary? I um I think we want to end up somewhere hot. Tropical. Okay. <laughs> but for, for the time being, Calgary is the goal. Do your parents invest or is this just something that you kind of picked up? Yeah. So my parents, uh, they invest really big in the stock market. Um, so it's, it's not like they're not, they're, they, they're not a shy of risk, but in terms of real estate, I think my dad's always considered it, but he hasn't really pulled the trigger on it. And I'm hoping to kind of inspire him to get involved in some way or, 
uh, partner with him. I, I don't know, but no, they don't invest, but I have to give a lot of my credit to them for teaching me about credit scores really early, saving money, um, paying off credit cards, those sorts of things. Like I wouldn't be where I am today without learning about the financial side of it they taught me. That's really sweet. It would be super cool to do like a project with you, Dad. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a brother and a sister. Yeah. Are they into it at all or no? No, no, they're not. They they both work in finance. Um, Are they both in Calgary? Yeah, they're both in Calgary. Um, so they're doing really well for themselves. But I just I don't think a lot of my family has an entrepreneurial mindset. I've kind of been the the black sheep, I guess, the more creative person, like going into marketing versus finance, and yeah. I feel like people in general, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah i feel like when some someone in the family starts doing it it kind of spikes the interest of of a lot of other people so do you use when you're looking for the numbers do you whip out an excel sheet or what program do you use to kind of calculate everything so it's kind of evolved over time at first my mom actually made me a spreadsheet when i was i was analyzing my first property on the go i think we had like multiple offers on it and we had to come up with a spreadsheet with like one hour to put in our offer and we're panicking because it's our first time ever buying a house <laughs> so we started off with that and then now we use um we've used bigger pockets um calculator to determine rents but i have a spreadsheet that i generally use in my google docs to calculate a pro forma for properties and what are all the categories? Do you have any tips on like what making the the structure for those kinds of things? So definitely the I mentioned before kind of your expenses. So make sure that you're accounting for around seven percent property management fee. Even if you're self managing, you should always be accounting for that. And uh, property taxes. Um, you want to be thinking about other costs for maintenance, putting away money for maintenance because like. My friend has a, so my semi-detached duplex, his fourplex, ended up being something like $40,000 to replace the roof, and it was just a, a cost that came out of nowhere. So making sure that you're prepared for those things. Um, and then also account for the taxes that you're going to be paying on your rental income too. So things like that can really eat into your profit. Make sure you're really thinking through all of your costs. Do you go to networking events for investors ever? Yeah, all the time. I love networking events. Like, I love connecting. That's one of my favorite parts about real estate is meeting new people and just kind of surrounding myself with people who are doing better than me or that we can kind of help each other. Because I think eventually we're all going to be working together in some capacity or mm -hmm. we're helping each other out, learning from each other's mistakes. Um, yeah, so I try and attend as many networking events as I can. And I saw you golf too. Golf is yeah. actually huge you for business. Too, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, like I I worked at a golf course before I got into real estate when I was just like like in college and stuff, and I I didn't think about it that much in the more moment. I've always wanted to be a realtor, but then when I actually got into the industry, seeing how much um, people golf that are already in the industry, like builders yeah, and like no. just everyone in business, um, it is one of the best ways to network. I feel. Yeah, there's something um, like more deals are done on the golf course than anything. Yeah, just a good place to talk to people. Everyone's like out just having a good time. It's it's yeah yeah. I'm not a like 
an amazing golfer, but like even just being able to like go out there is I love the game. It's, yeah, it's I enjoy fun. it too. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. How long have you been golfing for? Oh, I'm, I'm not very good. I, well, I tried it for the first time like two years ago. Okay. I got a like brand new set of golf clubs this year, so I was like, I'm going to go out Ooh. a lot more. <laughs> but no, I haven't. We need to go out. We should go yeah, to, have amazing. you been to like the new launch pad? I did. I actually went for a team building event like two weeks ago. It was amazing. That's, it's so fun. I would love to go back. And they actually have like a decent selection of food there. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> there's a tip. Look into to build some contacts, launch pads, Mickelson's. Absolutely. That's the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you think as like a Calgary investor? So like, so like, how did you grow your main group of people, your sphere? Because as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you think it's a lot to do of who you surround yourself yeah. with. How did you find those types of people? So something that I did was I created my Instagram right off the bat, even before I had my first property, which was kind of scary because I felt um, like a little bit of an imposter just talking about real estate without actually really knowing what I'm what I'm doing. It just it felt like that for a little while, but I'm so grateful that I did that because I met people in my area and just across Canada that were doing what I wanted to be doing, and I, I learned a lot from that. So I think social media was a huge huge start to what I was doing and then just getting out of my comfort zone and setting up coffees and and meeting meeting people and and just asking good questions I agree I feel like a good thing to do um if you're into like the social media scene and want to become an investor is um something I've done is go to like your favorite investing podcast Instagram page like bigger podcasts or like um my favorite podcast is the truth about real estate investing um go to their instagram pages or whoever runs them and then like look at who's following them because who's following them is probably people that listen to the podcast which means they're investors and just like go down the list and spam follow who's following them and you're gonna have a lot of other that mutual relationship with um the investors that follow you back that's a great tip Yeah. yeah um so you want to get into Airbnb. Have you ever thought about doing flips? I, I, because you said your boyfriend is into like the renovation side of things, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who do flips and mm-hmm. are very successful in them, but I think, I think one of the things starting out is like, there's so many different opportunities in real estate. It can get overwhelming if you're like, oh, I want to do rental properties, flips, I want to do yeah. Airbnbs. Like, I like to just focus on my niche and become the best at it. Um, so I think maybe down the line I would do a flip to try it out, but I'm trying to just build my portfolio, max out my mortgages that I can get and just have that cash flow. So right now I don't have that on my radar. The cool thing too about investing for like younger people in their thirties or twenties is, um, the appreciation. Like you don't even like, if you're holding them long term, which you should be like, you don't even think about it, but like when you're looking to retire when you're 50 or 60 and just like don't want any like um contact with like dealing with property managers just kind of want to step away and like live live life when you're you're like that appreciation amount that will grow in for detached land in that amount of time will give you the opportunity to make um you financially stable for the Absolutely. yeah which and, is awesome and your mortgage pay down too yeah so like you can either um refinance your property take out a heloc or um 
yeah, whatever you want to do with it. So many options. So you're in marketing. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's probably a lot of people like, like wanting to grow their following on social media on here in an investing way. Do you have any tips for them on the marketing for their Instagram pages or whatever? Yeah, good question. I'm going to have a lot of tips for it. There's a lot of different things that you can do. I think one of the biggest things, uh, like, because you have quite a good social media following too. Like, I think engagement is a huge thing. So um, just commenting back right away to people who comment on your photos, reaching out, um, searching other hashtags and other people who are trending and just build a relationship with them in, in your DMs and post constantly. Like your content might not be amazing right off the bat, but if you're consistent with it, you will get found, you will get, your posts will get shown and just know your niche and, and what kind of value you can provide to your audience. Like why would they want to follow you? Um, what do you offer? And uh, also staying on top of trends and, and trying to, you know, if you have the time or, or you want to get into TikTok too, that's a really great avenue to grow your following. Are you on TikTok? No, I know I'm kind of. <laughs> I know the value of it. Like, honestly, working as a full-time marketing manager and then trying to market, you know, my real estate and, and my other clients that I do marketing mm-hmm. for, it it's a lot to be on a lot of platforms fair enough no that 100 percent makes sense did you utilize um the stampede at all for business or did you not really go to it i know there's a lot of like business events that take place there and i like a lot of people are watch her from calgary so like that's literally like a great place to uh try to start networking if if it's around that time of year that it works out um for winter, obviously, I feel like social events kind of start to calm down a bit opposed to the summer. Do you have any tips, like, so you've been in this a couple of years now, for the winter time? Like, is there any social networking groups that or events that you went to that people can pay for and go to that you really recommend? Um, I'm just trying to think back. Like, a lot of the ones that I get the most value from are kind of the smaller events where it's really one-on-one interactions versus like the big conferences but there are quite a few conferences that go on in the winter um most of them are kind of in ontario like i think alberta is really lacking some of the events but if there aren't events in the winter why not make them yourself so Mm -hmm. like for example i'd love to organize some kind of meetup of my own and especially getting women into real estate we were talking about that earlier like there's not a lot of women in real estate investing. I'd love to see more of them enter it. So. Girl power. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. We should do an event together. Yeah, I'd love to. Just like, yeah. yeah. Use like, we can have the space whenever. Just like bring like a whole bunch of girlies <laughs> together. Yeah. Or rent out a place or whatever. Like that'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be so fun. Um, yeah. So we talked about flips. Have you... you you thought about like pre-construction for the future or like I know right now you want to kind of stay towards long-term rental and really just master that before you branch out into other things but Airbnb and the rental side of things do you think you'd be more inclined to do an Airbnb or an infill slash like pre-construction when it like if ever yeah I think um I think eventually I'd love to you know maybe build a 
an infill for myself, but I think I'd want to build it for myself first to go through it before doing that on a business level because I, I know the risk that goes into it. Like high risk, high reward, you can definitely make a lot of money, but there's a lot of things that can go wrong with it too. So I don't really have that as one of my goals right now. I think um, vacation properties are gonna be more of my focus, which is risky in its own way too. That's a good answer. Do you have any tips for people that like are putting their property on rent faster to make them stand out or get more engagement than other properties that are active? Um, tying to marketing. So your headline is going to be the biggest thing. So what do people care about? Like I highlight brights, big windows, big patio, um, renovated. I use all those kind of keywords in my, in my subject line because you only have a few minutes to capture someone's attention and professional photos as much as you can or if not professional just make sure make sure your photos are good i see so many landlords out there that are you know they don't have the lights turned on it looks like they took it with like some grainy old camera no one's going to want to rent that property even if it's the most beautiful one so i think photos and your your headline are huge do you have what photo company do you use i don't use one i just have a camera myself so okay yeah okay that's, that's good enough you don't need to go out and hire some crazy expensive company. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how much did like a professional camera like that cost you? Cause I know for myself, like with my prop, yeah. like it, properties I list, I always hire them out. They cost me around like 300 bucks per property to get like the good quality photos. How much does a camera cost? 500 or you can get like a quality one for 500 i think well we, we bought it used actually so um it was a canon i, I know patrick knows more about this than me i'm just i was just along for the ride <laughs> <laughs> i don't know anything about cameras but uh yeah it was like 500 dollars used or something like it's nothing like crazy like a hardcore vlogger would use and then like writing descriptions do you or patrick write them i do and do you have, like, did you research anything on that? Or do you have any tips for writing descriptions? Like, um, you said kind of draw their attention in with, like, putting the main biggest features that attract them at the beginning. Yeah. Throughout the biography or whatever of the property, do you have any tips through that? Like, would you go on, like, thesaurus.com or what? I haven't really done that, but I think, like, um, putting in keywords and... and starting with the kind of more positive things right off the bat. So, um, you know, what's great about your unit, really sell it off the bat. And then as you progress in, in your description, write the more detailed things like are utilities included, like um, about parking and all those other things that people would have questions about. Make sure you include that too, because it's gonna save you a lot of time from answering every single little question. Like if they haven't read the description, you can just direct them to the, the description. So I think, yeah, just filtering down and getting into the nitty gritty later on, but starting to market it first and make it appealing right off the bat. So for the um, company that you work with, is there any sort of like reason why you think that that company would be more beneficial for an investor opposed to just like working with the average mortgage broker? Or is it just the fact that they work with a lot of investors and like kind of know their way around them. So my company partners with a lot of mortgage brokers. So if a mortgage broker brings us a client, we'll respect that relationship and work with the mortgage broker. And, and if they ever try and you know, come to us separately, we'll respect the mortgage broker relationship. So I think it's always important to work with a mortgage broker. Um, 
because they can always find your best option. The benefit though of the company that I work for is quick closings and just lending on properties that banks may not love to lend on and also lower money down so you can your capital can go farther. Okay, awesome. Well, we've been filming for about 35 minutes now. Do you want to talk about anything else before we wrap this up? Um, I think, yeah, just my advice that I kind of offered was focusing on a niche and just kind of getting started. Um, there's a lot of analysis paralysis and real estate investing, and you can kind of get hung up on learning everything and not taking action. So the biggest thing is just taking a step, making a move, and consistently setting goals and just following through with them short-term and long-term goals cool okay well well uh i'll have your instagram bio for people to reach out to you at and talk to you about anything they want to or like yeah um thank you so much for coming on the podcast (laughs) cool Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys learned something. I know I did. Um, She was freaking awesome. I loved her. We're going to go golfing on Tuesday. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next week on Calgary Real Estate Investing.